Welcome to our final episode of Entering the Void, our metaphysical series with Dr. Yvette de Villiers, a holistic well-being consultant with a PhD in metaphysical philosophy. In today's episode, we take a look at a new earth and our role in creating it. Yvette, perhaps you can start off by providing us with a metaphysical understanding of the earth. Mark, metaphysically, we see the earth as a, a being who needs a system through which to process its environment, um, very much the same as we as humans use the chakra system um, to process and understand and learn from our environment. Um, We haven't in this series specifically gone into the chakra system, and I am assuming that people know what that is. Just in short, it's a a system of energy points that run along our our core, which is sort of more or less aligned with our spine, um, and that um, ends in certain points in our, our body that helps us process different elements of being. Um, We are cylindrical beings, so these points have sort of an entry point and an exit point, front generally being understood as the entry point, um, information then being processed and then exiting in the back. Um, The difference or the big difference here with Earth is that Earth is round. So although you have your your, your core, which basically goes from pole to pole, your entry and your exit points of these chakras um, are not in a straight line. And I'll get into that a little bit later and just take our viewers through what the different energy points are, um, sort of lightly citing the characteristics of these energy points and um, inviting people to maybe observe and see if they can identify the correlation with these chakra points. So, so Earth needs to or is evolving and is growing through the learning of, of its environment um, the difference being that Earth's environment is the solar system and the universe or the cosmos. And this ties in with our, our first discussion in our first podcast when we spoke about um, astrology and astronomy. And we spoke about the influence of these different planets hitting us at different angles. So we, we as humans have some kind of experience of that in how we um, feel at different times Earth has that experience as well. So Earth is being hit by these different radiation frequencies, these different energies from the different planets in in, in her environment. We like to to talk about Earth as a her um, in the same way that humans do and therefore needs a functional and indeed an optimally functional chakra system in order to fully grow and, and integrate. And that really is the point of our discussion today because in Earth's chakra system, we know that today all these, these, these chakra points are functional bar one. Um, there's one chakra point that is actually completely non-functional. And metaphysically, we believe that this is a reason for a lot of trouble in the world today. And we'll, we'll get in the end of our, our, our series and, and in our podcast today, we'll talk a little bit about more about that and about why it is so critically important for us to use our our powers of manifestation and our powers of attraction and of focus and concentration to help the earth to get that one chakra point up and running again and functioning again. So I think what I want to start with today is by actually just running our viewers through a list of what these chakra points are um, and where they are on the earth, just to give us a bit of an overview of what we're actually talking about. 
uh, will be beneficial. Um, so we're talking about the root chakra um, being in the Himalayas and in uh, in the, the Andes around Machu Picchu. Um, so would that be the front in the Himalayas and the back of that chakra? Machu Picchu, okay. okay, in the Andes. Then we're looking at the sacral chakra, which is the second chakra. We have the front of the chakra in, in central China, and we have the back of that chakra in Mexico. Then we have the Middle East. We have the front of that chakra in Lake Baikal in Russia. We have the back of that chakra in the Middle East. So we have, sorry, I said we, we have the Middle East. We have the solar plexus chakra. Yeah. And we have the front of the solar plexus in Lake Baikal. And we have the back of the, the solar plexus in the Middle East. Then we have the heart chakra. We have the front of the heart chakra in Hawaii and a huge big portion of the Pacific Ocean. And then we have the back of the heart chakra in South Africa, um, smaller centered to the south, so round about the Western Cape in a very big part of the ocean. Then we have the throat chakra, where we have the front of the throat chakra round about the area of New York in, in America, North America. And we have the back of the throat chakra in Moscow, in, in Russia. We have the pineal chakra, the third eye. We have the front of the pineal chakra in Japan, uh, the Japanese islands. And we have the back of the pineal chakra in, in the UK, in, in most of the British Isles. And then finally, we have the crown chakra. Um, and, and we have, interestingly, the crown chakra at the poles. So at the North Pole and the South Pole. They are both the crown chakra. So we're talking about a six-dimensional being. It's not as straightforward as it would be for us but i think if we even let our imagination go a little bit um then we can sort of start to see the logic and a lot of the logic here um centers around the knowledge of what these different chakras classically process so as a second layer to this conversation i'd like to just take our viewers through a very basic understanding of what each chakra is about and what it classically processes yeah so let's start at the root chakra. So the root chakra is about roots, literally. Um, it is about um, the roots of our consciousness, the roots of our, of our reality, um, our tribal roots. Um, and then if you look at the, at the front of the root chakra in the Himalayas, tribal consciousness is very big there. So you've got your Mongolian tribes there. Um, and what you also have is you have your Tibetan um, Buddhism that originated from there, um, and it is if you if you look at Buddhism and you look at how it's put together, it is basically the root of conscious thinking on the planet at this point in time. And what is very interesting anecdotal evidence or anecdotal thought there is that the um, the Tibetan Buddhists actually knew about the Chinese invasion um, long before it happened. They reckon up to sixty and even longer years before the Chinese invasion actually happened. Um, and they, they, um, they took all the really important um, transcripts and documents and they hid it very deep in the mountains. So that by the time that China invaded Tibet um, and, and sort of got hold of artifacts and all of this, really important scriptures were long gone. Um, the philosophy behind this is because the Tibetans knew that um, they're sitting on a wealth of, of knowledge and of information and of consciousness 
through these Tibetan Buddhists that kept on reincarnating and reincarnating into these monasteries. Um, because it was such a conscious and and um, and happy environment um, in a world which at that, that stage was still quite deep in deep space and, and not very coherent with low oscillation frequency. Um, and so a lot of knowledge and basically spiritual acumen started to accumulate and stagnate in Tibet, where you had your lamas basically reincarnate um, go to the same monastery or being brought to the same monasteries that they spent previous incarnations in, go through a process of identifying artifacts that belong to a certain lama um, and basically just carry on with the incarnation. So, so what happened was there's a, a, a school of thought that believes that there was a conscious choice around Tibet allowing itself to be invaded. And what happened is with all these, these monasteries being basically blasted apart, um, these souls then had to start incarnating out in the world because they couldn't go back to the bed. And, and that happened around the 50s and 60s. And that's basically when your, your, your spiritual renaissance started. Um, and metaphysically, we've observed that it was with this explosion of, this, of Tibet and these thousands of monks and lamas that could not um, reincarnate in the Holy Land, had to now incarnate in San Francisco and and Sydney and South Africa and, you know, all over the world. And, and their consciousness that has been so honed over so many years now starting to permeate ordinary society. And we believe that's how the, how the spiritual renaissance that we're currently in has started. Okay, so for, for centuries, while Earth was going through deep, deep dark space, far from the photon belts, the souls were incarnating in a place that could hold the light. Yes. And then when the time was right, they allowed themselves to be invaded and then those souls have incarnated elsewhere in the world to disseminate that information. That is how we, we see it, John. That is what, we, what we've observed. And to move on to the next one then is your, is your sacral chakra. So the front of the sacral chakra is basically, um, it's, it's the digestive system, so it sits low in the bowels. And it is what we call the, the industrious center. So it's where we generate a lot of our energy from as humans. And um, it's basically seen as, as metaphysicist as, as an industrious space. And if you think of China, China is nothing but, if not industrious. Mm. Um, so very interesting correlation there. Um, back of the chakra, um, basically we, 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 we hide away and we put away everything that that is dark about us as humans, perverse sexuality, drug use, um, unresolved issues about money, um, power, um, all that kind of thing. And unfortunately, that's what you see in Mexico. You know, you see your drug drug lords, your drug cartels, you see human trafficking. Um, you see a lot of that play out in Mexico. Um, and, and I would sort of lay quite a lot of emphasis on this as we go forward, Mark, because it's not the Mexicans. It's the place on earth where our collective unresolved issues around money and power and sexuality and drug taking and, and, and that kind of thing plays out. You know, and when you start looking at earth in this way, then there's quite a lot that starts to kind of click into place and make sense. Um, and that becomes relevant specifically with our next chakra point, which is the solar plexus chakra. The front of the solar plexus being like in and around Lake Baikal in, um, in the USSR. 
and the back of that chakra being in the Middle East. And the very interesting thing that we know of the Middle East is it's all about mind, my territory, my space, my heritage, um, and not yours, which is a very typical solar plexus issue. Um, the reason it is such an intense issue and why the Middle East is classically always on the brink of war is because the front of that chakra around Lake Baikal is the one chakra point that is closed and dysfunctional at the moment on Earth. And the reason it is closed and dysfunctional is because of underground nuclear experimentation. So what areas does the solar plexus chakra govern? What would a healthy solar plexus chakra mean for an individual and for the earth? So a healthy solar, solar plexus, well, firstly, the, 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 the solar plexus chakra is the seat of the I am consciousness. Um, I like to not call it the seat of the ego because the ego basically is the protective element of our psyche, but it definitely is the seat of the sense of self. So the awareness of self. And then in its unresolved state, definitely also the, the area of possession and of territory, you know. And this is what we see expressed in the Middle East. Um, it's also where we generate wealth from. And it's also very interesting that there's so much oil in the Middle East and that there is actually so much wealth that is generated from there. You know, it's very, very interesting when you start looking at the symbolic connections, how these things actually all interlink. Um, importantly, though, the whole chakra needs to be functional in order for there to be a healthy system. And round about the same time that the State of Israel was formed in 1948, we, we had this nuclear experiment, experimentation going on. All around the world, in the Nevada de desert, in Sweden, you know, in, in various places, but in Russia specifically, underground and very covert. And so nuclear fusion, nuclear explosions is the one way in which the Earth's energy system can and, and, and had gotten damaged. So that chakra in Lake Michael at the moment is dormant. It's not open and it's not functional. And what that is causing is a congestion of energy in the Middle East. So the energy system is not working properly. And metaphysically, we believe that until and, and unless that energy system works properly, we are not going to have peace in the Middle East. And as we all know, if we have, if we're on the brink of war in the Middle East, we're in the brink of war in the world. You know? and, and that's why it's such an important thing that as, as conscious human beings and as awakened human beings, the one legacy that we do need to leave for our children is we actually need to get that chakra active. We need yeah. to get it functional. And we'll get back to that later on in the exercise at the end of our program. Then our next chakra is the heart chakra. Um, front of the heart chakra in um, Hawaii, where everyone's a shaman. <laughs> um, beautiful place, beautiful energy. Um, I always think if I think of Hawaii, I just think Frangipani and love. Um, it's an amazing place, a lot of it in the sea. We, we sort of tend to believe that emotional energy, heart energy is also water energy. So very interesting, large part of that chakra in the sea. And then the back of that chakra is in South Africa, and specifically around the Western Cape. And interestingly, if we look at what the back of the heart chakra processes, then we look at crime, we look at betrayal, um, and, and, and specifically violent crime. 
And again, you know, that speaks to the collective more than it does to the individual. So it's not South Africans that are violent or South Africans that are criminal. It is all those unresolved hardship issues of betrayal of my fellow man and not doing unto others um, that plays out in South Africa. Yeah. So the people living on that track are impacted by the global unconscious, the global wounds. Behavior and, 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 and mental state and, and, and emotional state around betrayal of others. And the interesting thing there is what you will also find is you'll find that um, people of a, a, a high awakened consciousness often are drawn to the chakra centers where um, the most work is. So you'll find, for instance, in the area of Cape Town, which is the epicenter of the back of the heart chakra of earth, you find a lot of people who take their spirituality very seriously and who consciously practice their spirituality and who believe that they've got some kind of mission on earth and that they're here to help and to heal earth. And they're attracted to these energy centers where the worst of the worst plays out in order to shift it and in order to heal it. And the positive thing about that is that if you heal the energy in that energy center, you heal it for the collective. So whatever work gets done in Cape Town to heal wounds and to shift betrayal issues and to raise consciousness actually has an effect on the rest of the world. You know, so I've often said to people, because I live in Cape Town myself, um, whatever work you do here, you're doing for the rest of the world. You know, and the same obviously goes for all the other chakras. So our next chakra point is the throat chakra. Interestingly enough, the, um, people often say to me, but the, the throat chakra is about voicing. And um, I think I'd like to use this opportunity just to sort of go a little bit deeper into that, Mark, because it's quite an interesting point. The throat chakra up until the age of 12 is about voicing. Um, around about the age of 12, we go into a, a more adult state of our, ourselves in our spiritual development. And the, the, the throat chakra actually comes what we call online, so it activates. And what happens there is that the throat chakra is a very, very important chakra in terms of our destiny alignment. So in terms of where we are going with our lives, with ourselves. Um, and then obviously, as far as the earth is concerned, um, where we are going as a collective. And then what obviously is interesting is that the Twin Towers is in New York. Um, and if you think of the events there of the, of the shooting down of the Twin Towers, then you look at quite an impactful event on where we went from then as a group. And then you look at the opposite to that being Moscow. And you look at these two world powers playing out between the United States of America and the USSR. And you start from a picture of how these two powers actually have the front and the back of the throat chakra um, sort of coming out in their different countries and those issues then being played out by these world powers. So again, it is not America per se and it's not Russia per se. They are greatly influenced by the energy that, that their country is in through sort of being built around these two different out these two different points where the chakra emerges. We then move on to the pineal, the third eye. Um, and here we have the islands of Japan at the front of the third eye, and we have the, the British Isles as the back. 
And what is interesting here, if you look at the Japanese culture, it's a hugely symbolic culture. Uh, I don't think there's a thing in Japan that happens that has not got some kind of symbolic meaning to it. Um, the most recent one was one of my clients in the UK that actually told me about kintsugi, um, which is which is a Japanese art of repairing broken ceramic bowls with gold. And the the symbology around that is that firstly, nothing that broken that's broken is forgotten, and um, filling this, this these broken bowls with gold and repairing them with, with gold often makes them more beautiful. And there's a symbology there which I love that we can take to our personal process um, that connects with our, our discussion in our previous podcast um, with our, our, our stress and our trauma in childhood. And that when we work on ourselves and we take these crevices and these cracks in our being and we fill them with the gold of self-love um, and we use expressions of self-love like I'm wanted, I'm loved, and I'm worth it, we become better than we were before which is a beautiful symbology for me. Back of that chakra, the British Isles. Um, I find British people to be very cerebral. I find them to be, to be very, very mental, to be very literal in that way. Also, interestingly enough, extremely psychic. Um, to have psychics inform police investigations is a, is a order of the day normal thing in, in the UK. Um, when Princess Diana was killed in that tragic accident, I think there were three or four different people who actually went to Scotland Yard and said that we can see this happening. Please do something. It's, it's a very order of the day thing there, mm-hmm. um, which is also characteristic of this, this energy of, of sight or insight or deeper sight coming through the third eye chakra. And then you have the crown, um, which, is, which is a dual chakra. It's the, the two poles. Um, I've never been to either the North or the South Pole, but just from sitting with that energy, I can feel how high that frequency is. Um, you also look at your societies there, your, your sort of Scandinavian societies, Sweden, Denmark. Um, you look at the systems, you look at them actually having a functional socialist system that looks after everybody. Um, you're looking at your oldest societies, oldest actualized societies um, in the world. Um, and you can see that the, the crown chakra energy moving through. Unfortunately, what you also see is you see a bit of a remove from the rest, you know, and, and that is something that came out, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, where somebody um, in one of these countries um, drew a cartoon um, around the Muslim reality and all the, the sort of um, dissidence and, and heartache that that caused. And, and that was directly because of being in this utopian society, if you can call it that, but sadly removed from the rest of the world. Um, so again, it's that duality. We, we, we believe that the front of the crown chakra is in Antarctica. Interestingly, the void of humans. Um, and at the back is then in the north with, with these societies that are actualized societies, but also a little bit removed from the reality of the rest of the world. So that is a basic list of the chakra systems. And I think what I would like the viewers to to maybe do is to try and see if they can um, tie in these characteristics that I've just lightly mentioned with these actual chakras and to start forming a worldview where we see what plays out in these different parts of the world, especially in the back of these chakras where the unresolved issues wash out, not as being 
specific or particular to a group of people, but rather to start seeing that group of people to have elected on a consciousness level to incarnate in that specific area to help shift these collective issues that all congregate and play out in those particular areas, specifically, for instance, Mexico and South Africa, just to sort of name, name something. So why is this relevant for us? I think what is what is relevant about it, Mark, is is the, is is this move that we spoke about right in the beginning in our interview of, of as a solar system moving into the photon belt. And the reason for that is that what we know about the photon belt is that everything is going to be accelerating and intensifying. So amplifying, accelerating, intensifying. And for us as metaphysicians, our worry there is that we've got an imperfect system. So the Earth as a being is hurtling through space, a little bit crippled by this one point, this one chakra point in that bicole that is not functional. And therefore, we are sitting with its opposite pole in the Middle East that can blow up at any moment. And, and that affects us all. So it's relevant for us in that what we want to achieve as metaphysicians is we want to get as many people as possible to focus energy um, and time and intention on opening up this chakra in Russia. And um, the way we do that is, is what I want to conclude out with, with today, um, because we don't all have to get on a plane and go to Russia. And that is the interesting thing about the chakra system, because you can tune into the whole of the chakra system through any of the vortexes in any of the chakra points. Um, these, these chakras are huge. I mean, they span massive, massive areas. And inside of them, they have these spinning vortexes. If you think of a cone. Mm -hmm. So they have these vortex points, um, one of which is in the Oberberg, um, in between the town of McGregor and Grayton in the mountains there. Um, and I actually have a beautiful picture that I just took um, when I spent the weekend there recently over the equinox, which I do every year, um, of an actual sunbeam with one of these orbs, these orbs in the sunbeam shining a light directly into the chakra. And we're going to conclude our series today with, with that photograph. I don't know how I got it, but I did. Um, and it's a beautiful example of all of this just coming together. So, so in any of these chakra points, we can actually attune ourselves to the entire system. And we can amplify our, our focus by actually visiting these chakra points in what we call power days. So a power day would be a full moon, a new moon, an equinox, a solstice, or when a planet goes direct out of a retrograde position. Because once it goes direct out of a retrograde position, it actually releases a whole charge of energy that the Earth then receives. And so in any of these days, we can visit any of these chakra points and we can basically sit in that point with the intention of the highest and the best outcome for you. Or we can sit in the chakra point and we can focus our energy going into the healing and the opening of and the clearing of the point in that bicycle. And that energy will, will travel through the chakra system of Earth and reach that point we are directing ourselves towards. Um, which I feel is an incredibly empowering way of us making some contribution to our future leg legacy and the, the Earth that we're leaving behind for our children. Yeah. So you say the best way would be to find a, a PowerPoint or a vortex in, within that chakra. 
Yes. Um, if you're fortunate enough to live nearby to it. Yes. That is right. You know, your your most your most integrated, your most acute experience is going to be in one of these vortexes. Yeah. But the whole of Earth has got ley lines across it. The whole of Earth has got energy points across it. And what is um, so amazing about this process that we've just spoken about and that we go more intensely into in the 12 Steps of Mastery course is that the clearer we are of our own unresolved trauma, the easier it is to experience the energies of Earth. You know, and, and that is when it becomes a truly integrated magical experience to be incarnated on Earth is where we've cleared and we've healed and we've integrated enough of our own past trauma that we can be in a state of just actually experiencing the wonders of it. And that is what I want for each of you. Okay, that sounds really quite beautiful. Tell us about the 12 steps to mastery program. So Mark, that, that program is something that I'm still busy putting together. Um, and the reason why I'm taking my time with it is because, as you could see out of, out of these sort of podcasts, metaphysical information can be quite abstract and quite complicated. And what I want to um, do and what I'm attempting with the 12 Steps of Mastery is to, or 12 Steps to Mastery, is to really simplify this information and to make it really practical and applicable and fun. Um, to work through those 12 steps to eventually to come to a point of mastery where the participant has processed and released enough of their own unresolved issues to be able to, to feel the magic, to be able to tune into earth, to feel the energy of the full moon, to feel the energy of the new moon, and to work with it. So that is the overall goal of the 12 steps. Um, currently, how I see it is a, is a 12-step program of, um, of, of sort of 20-minute programs with some exercises that one does. Firstly, in, in just understanding yourself um, and understanding what your ego might be hiding from you in terms of past trauma, um, learning the ways in which to witness and acknowledge what is there, and then shift that vocal dystonia that it's created in order to have a less distorted view of our current reality. Once that is achieved, to then move into the next phase, which is to work with the laws of manifestation and the laws of attraction, so that we have a more functional and a better integrated relationship with our environment. And then the final two programs will be about becoming masters of our environment and giving back. So that would be a little bit of work around tuning into the, the chakra system of Earth and working with the chakra system of that sounds like it will really be a beneficial worthwhile program to do. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yvette, I'd just like to thank you again for sharing your time with us, sharing your wisdom with our audience, and I'm sure they're all as appreciative as I am. So thank you very much. You're welcome.